Today, hope and encouragement that it's not over yet. Stay tuned. There's some of you that are in a season that you're racing, that some of you have gotten to a place that's difficult, that's hard, and you've just quit. God wants you to know it's not over yet. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, President of Moody Bible Institute and Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. In our message series, we're looking at what it means to be fully devoted to God. And today we travel all the way toward the end of the Old Testament to the book of Haggai and how he was able to wake up people who became lukewarm in their faith. They had lost vision along their spiritual journey. Mark, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, I'm, I'm not a runner. I don't know if you're a runner. Are you a runner? <laughs> Uh, I, I'm an intermittent runner. Uh, intermittent runner. Okay, you stop and start. <laughs> exactly. Okay, but there's uh, different kinds of running events. There's a triathlon and an Ironman triathlon. Do you know the difference? You know, I don't know it that well, but my sister-in-law recently did a triathlon, and oh. she started explaining it to me that okay. there's different types. Runners of Runners have a way of doing that, don't yes, they? Yes, they do. <laughs> well, I bring that up because any endurance race involves training, as we all know. So. We're going to talk about spiritual training today. Yeah, I just had a couple of friends that did the Chicago Marathon, mm-hmm. and boy, one of them could barely walk. Oh. I mean, he, oh, he, was, he was sore, but you know, it does require training, effort, focus, and vision. The message today is entitled, It's Not Over Yet. So here's Mark Job with some Marathon Bold Steps. A quarry was his name. He had been chosen by Tanzania to compete in the Mexico Olympics that were, I believe, in 1968. He considered it a great privilege that he was able to run representing his country. This would be a brutal run, 26 miles, in some high altitude where the oxygen kind of is a little thin. But Atwari was up for the task. With pride, he circled around at the beginning of the Olympics, carrying his Tanzania flag, hoping that he would do the best as they ran this brutal, brutal course. The gun shot, he took off with many other athletes running this marathon of 26 miles. He was doing pretty well until mile 12. At mile 12, some of the runners started jostling a little bit, moving, pushing each other, and Atwari fell. It was a bad fall. He messed up his knee. He skinned his leg. He dislocated his shoulder. Many thought that he was out of the race, but when Atwari got up, he started to limp and run again, but he was running very slow. The doctors on the sideline said, hey, just, just quit the race. You're injured. You don't have to finish. But to their amazement and surprise, Atwari kept running. He had 14 miles yet to go, and he kept running. Half running, half limping, half walking. All of the other marathon runners completed the race. They marched, they ran into the stadium at the applause of thousands and thousands of people that applauded them. Atwari was an hour later. By that time, 
The stadium had cleared out only for a couple thousand people. Dusk was falling. It was getting dark already. The crowd had dispersed for the most part, and then suddenly someone said, Hey, look at him! And there he was. Atwari entered into the stadium, limping, walking, trying to run. The crowd got up, looked at him, this injured athlete, as he made one last round around the stadium and passed right through the finish line. He was the last by far of 57 marathon athletes that finished the race. When the reporter was able to talk to Atwari, he put a microphone in his, in his face and he said, Atwari, why didn't you quit? I mean, you were way, way, way late. Why, don't you just get, why didn't you just give up? Atwari said, my country did not send me 10,000 miles just to start the race. They sent me to finish the race. Every person in this auditorium is in a race. We in the church are in a race. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. We may have sprints within the marathon, but it's a long-term race. And there's some of you that are in a season that you're racing that some of you have gotten to a place that's difficult, that's hard, and you've just quit. You stop trying. You stop running. You sit down on the side. You say, it's just too hard. Oh, you're still alive. You're still breathing, but you're not running. You're not racing. There's no vision of the future. There's no vision for the finish line. You've just set out. And I believe that God has called me here today because I believe that God has called me to stir some of you up to finish what God has started. Yeah, because I believe this, that some of you are in a race that even though you may have set out, God wants you to know it's not over yet. Tap the person beside you and say, it's not over yet. Tap the person on the other side. Hey, I think some of you are going to speak this prophetically into someone's life. Look at the person beside you in the eye and say, it's not over yet. How many of you needed to hear someone tell you that today? How many of you needed to hear someone tell you, hey, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. And as I was praying for this service today, I was drawn to Haggai, this little book in the Old Testament, because the message that the prophet was delivering to the people that he was speaking to is exactly that message. It's not over yet. And I want to tell you a little bit about this message, and I want, to, I want us to understand and learn from Haggai three vital principles that we need to learn and grasp and understand if we are going to finish what we've started. If you're jotting notes today, I want you to write this down. I believe that we move to the finish line when we decide to stop postponing and determine to complete what we started. Some of us are major procrastinators. Mañana, mañana. <laughs> later, later. Hey, can you take out the garbage? Yeah, later. Hey, can you take the car for an oil change? I'm getting to it later. 
Can you do your homework later? Later. It's easy to procrastinate in little things, but it's a major problem when we start procrastinating in our God-given destiny. And so, I want you to know what was happening with the people of Israel when Haggai came up to them and said, stop procrastinating. So what had happened was that in the year 586 B.C., so 586 years before Christ was born, long time ago, 2,500 years ago, the people of Israel had been called by God a set-aside nation. They had built Jerusalem. They had built the temple. Solomon had built a magnificent temple in the center of town that had become the place of worship. If you turn on the television and they're talking about the Middle East, there's a wall that remains from Solomon Temple in Jerusalem that's called the Wailing Wall. I've been there. Uh, Jewish people still believe that that's the closest gate to heaven, and they take little prayers and they put it in the wall, and you'll see people going back and forth and praying at that wall because it's the original from Solomon's Wall. Well, because the people of Israel did not follow God and turned to other idols and turned their back on God and drifted away from God, God decided that he would let Israel be devastated by their enemy. So the Babylonians came and they conquered Jerusalem, they conquered Israel, they ransacked the city, they tore down the walls, they burned the houses, and they took all of the gold from the temple, all of the holy artifacts, and they destroyed the temple brick after brick brick, knocked it down so it was left in ruins. And they were taken as slaves back to Babylon. You remember the story of Daniel, who was one of the young leaders that was taken as a slave. They were there for 70 years. Jerusalem was in ruins. The people of Israel were devastated. And sometimes what happens when we turn our back on God, sometimes what happens when we start going our own way is God has to lead us through a season of devastation in order to take us back to a season of restoration. Some of you are here today because you had to have some devastation in your life that woke you up and have brought you to a place of restoration. And so God woke the people of Israel back and said, I will send you back to rebuild Jerusalem. God wasn't done with their story. And so after 70 years, there was a group of people, 50,000 Jews, that were allowed to return to the devastated city of Jerusalem. The walls were down. The city was in ruin. It was just a devastating, desolate city. But 50,000 came back to say, we will rebuild this city. We have a vision of what Jerusalem can be again. We have a dream that this city can be rebuilt and this will be a place of peace and a place where God reigns. The temple will be rebuilt. We will worship again like we used to worship. We will, their children will dance in the streets and laugh and play like they used to. We will follow God and as we follow God, we will rebuild this city. They had gone back to do so, but something happened. You know, when God gives us a big task, it's not always easy. When God gives us a big vision, it gets interrupted by opposition, 
by criticism, by obstacles, by discouragement. And here's what I've discovered, that there's two twins that tend to derail us. Discouragement and distraction. When we become discouraged and distracted, we typically stop doing what God has called us to do, and we start putting our energies into other things because discouragement and distraction work hand in hand to take us away from the destiny that God has called us to. Some of you right now are not finishing what God called you to do because you've been discouraged and distracted. You got discouraged because someone hurt you. You got discouraged because it was too long. You got discouraged because it felt like it wasn't making progress. And when you got discouraged, you started looking around. And when you got discouraged, you started getting distracted. And you figured, if I can't win at this, I'll win at something else. And so you've thrown yourself into something else. And the very call that God has on your life, the very destiny that God has had you for, you have abandoned it because of discouragement and distraction. I believe that God has called me to wake some of you up today. To get you out of discouragement and distraction to say, hey, hey, you're, you're sidetracked. God is not done with you yet. Don't bail out of the marathon. It's not over yet. You're still in the race. Get off the bench. Get off the sideline. Get into the game that God has called you to because you are wasting a lot of your precious energy, time, faith, gifting, talents when you live in the world of discouragement and distraction. It's not over yet. That's Mark Job with today's Bold Steps. And today's broadcast is not over yet. We're only at the halfway point with a short reminder that this message, along with all in the Fully Devoted series, are available to hear again or share with a friend. Just go to boldstepsradio.org. Also, use your smartphone and look for the Moody Radio app. Make Bold Steps a favorite, and Mark's daily message will be only a click away, on demand, whatever you want to listen. Find it at boldstepsradio.org. By the way, at the website boldstepsradio.org, feel free to share any pressing questions you might have for Mark by simply clicking on the tab labeled Ask a Question. And then we often find time in the program to respond to some of those questions. And Mark, I've got one for you right here today, if it's okay. Absolutely. All right. This listener asks, what does the New Testament say about women leading music ministries? Yeah, well, I appreciate uh, your question. And uh, there's been a lot of debate recently about women in leadership in the church. What does the Bible have to say? Let me just say this about uh, women leading worship. First of all, the New Testament doesn't explicitly say anything really about male or female worship leaders. Mm -hmm. It's not forbidden. It doesn't say much about it. However, there are some general exhortations, for example, in Ephesians chapter 5, um, it, it says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. So I believe that as we lead in worship, there is no restriction, whether male or female, to lead the congregation in worship. 
There is one thing I would encourage, however. Okay. They need to be able to sing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that would be that important. That rules out some, doesn't it? <laughs> some of us, I So should, I, I would say if someone has the gift and has a heart for it, that uh, there is no restriction in Scripture in terms of leading the congregation in worship. All right. Thank you for that question. We do read all the questions that come in and have time to occasionally share one here on the broadcast. If you want to share your question with Mark, go to boldstepsradio.org and click on the link that says Ask a Question. All right, back to today's message now, Fully Devoted. Here's Mark. So Haggai was raised as a prophet. Thank God for the prophets in our life. How about it? Oh, we may not call them prophets, but sometimes God brings friends with a prophetic voice. A prophecy is a word, it's God's word at His moment and His time given by God. And I believe that there's friends in our life sometimes that come with a prophetic voice. There's people around us that sometimes God, because we're not listening to God Himself, we're not reading His word, we're not calling upon God, sometimes God will have to raise a friend that speaks prophetically into our life, challenging us. And Haggai came to the people of Israel. They had started to build the temple. They had laid a foundation. They had built the altar, so they were still having services there. But because of the opposition of a group called the Samaritans, they had left. They got discouraged. And then they got distracted. You know what they got distracted with? They got distracted with good stuff, but not God stuff. They got distracted because God had told them, build up the temple. But because they got discouraged, it took a lot of work, there was opposition, they got discouraged and so they started rebuilding the city. They got discouraged with their stuff. They started building up their houses, building their yards, finishing their roofs, paneling the inside doing their floors, improving their homes. They kept saying, yeah, we'll get back to the temple. Yeah, yeah, we're going to finish it. Yeah, we're going to get back to it. It's just not the right time yet. It's not the proper season. You know that you can get distracted with good things from the God things? Not, they're not bad. They're not evil. They're good, but they're not the God things. And so 14 years later, they still had not done what God had called them to do, rebuild the temple. 14 years later, the temple was still in ruins. 14 years later, the walls hadn't been built. 14 years later, they were still procrastinating. They kind of got used to the way it was. You know, you live so long in a certain way, you start getting used to something that is not the best. You live long enough in a certain way and you start getting used to substandard living. You live with something long enough and you start forgetting that it's a problem. You live with abuse long enough and you think that abuse is normal. It's the standard. It's the way life is. It's been that way for a long time. It'll probably never change and you just accept Verbal abuse, physical abuse, and you believe that that's 
just the way it is if you live with it long enough. You live in a house full of strife and chaos and criticism and doubt and anger. You live that way long enough and you just start to assume that's the way it'll always be. That's the way it's always been. I expect it, anticipate it, believe it. You live in poverty, indebtedness, where you can barely pay your bills and you always have creditors calling you up and you just believe that that's the way life is. It's always barely, barely surviving, barely living. It's always one paycheck to another. It's moving apartness while creditors chase after you and follow after you. It's just the lifestyle that you've become used to. You live there. You accept it. You make it your culture. You think it's normal because when you procrastinate on something long enough, long enough, you start getting used to a culture of procrastination even though it's not what God has called you to. So God sent Haggai to wake them up. And in verse 2 he says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. It's not the right time. It's not the right time. Verse 3 then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai, and he says to the people, it is a time for you. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in paneled houses while this house remains in ruin? What Haggai was telling them is God called you to rebuild the temple, but you got discouraged and you got distracted with your own things. And so now that which should have been a priority is no longer a priority in your life. And you have switched priorities. You've forgotten to put first things first. You know, the greatest challenge that we have as Christians, as believers, is not necessarily that we go after evil things. It's that we switch our priorities and so that God is no longer at the center, number one, top priority. He's a part of our life, but not the center of our life. We've added him to our life like we add the gym, a therapist, an accountant, and our favorite TV program. If we have time for it, we love to come and watch it. But at the center of our life is something else. Jesus said to his disciples, seek ye, said all together, seek ye what? First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything else shall be added to you. But you got to put first things first. That's Mark Job, and you're listening to Bold Steps. We're online at boldstepsradio.org. And when you go to our website, make sure to take a moment and check out this month's incredibly relevant edition of our Bold Step gift. It's a book we'd love to get into your hands right away. And Mark is back to tell us more about this. It's easy to show love to those who we get along with and people that you like, respect, or at the very least have something in common with. But what about those who don't fit any of those categories? What about the neighbor who protests and votes against everything you believe? Or that public figure who seems to stand for all the things that you hate? How easy is it to show love and compassion for someone that you actually see as your enemy? Well, 
Our latest Bold Step gift is a book that shows us how to push through our natural boundaries to show love to our enemies. It's titled, Love Over Fear, Facing Monsters, Befriending Enemies, and Healing Our Polarized World. As Christians, we've been given the power and peace of the Holy Spirit. We can respond to hate and opposition in a way that testifies to God's greatness. If you're ready to start creating the change our culture needs today, request your copy of Love Over Fear. We'll send it to you with a gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps. To make that donation and request Love Over Fear, just go online to boldstepsradio.org or reach out to us by giving us a call at 844-615-7363. 844-615-7363. And if this ministry has made a meaningful impact in your life and you'd like to help make a similar impact in someone else's life, consider becoming a bold partner by signing up to give on a monthly basis. With your steady support, we'll be able to continue reaching new listeners with these Bible-based messages sharing the gospel across the globe. And when you sign up to give $30 a month or more, you'll also get the Moody Publishers discount code of 50%. This will get you half off every purchase at the Moody Publishers website. So sign up to become a bold partner today at boldstepsradio.org or call 844-615-7363. Now, before we close, one quick reminder to go and subscribe to the Bold Steps podcast. Open up your podcast app on your mobile device, search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job, and click subscribe to get all of these daily messages downloaded automatically for easy, anytime listening. I'm Wayne Shepherd. We'll see you tomorrow for part two of Mark's message titled, It's Not Over Yet. That's coming up Friday on Bold Steps with Mark Job. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.